Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Extra shake. Come on. A little closer. Wanna feel the fire running off your kiss. Ooh, honey, you move like water. Ooh, honey, you're certified down. Come Ooh, honey, you're turning me on. Never miss a beat. You're right on time. This you can die. Hoop and holler. Cut up a hook. This is your song. Pass me the jug. Pour me another. We're gonna shake till the morning. Low. Budget live with a little little different intro right there this morning for Monday, November the 29th. Low Budget Live, not so live from the Low Budget Live Bar and Grill and kicking it off. Sound like a radio DJ cooking it off right there. My buddies, the Vagabonds. Yeah, that's their song Juke and Jive from their album Sinners and Saints, their newest album. Came out in uh, September, I believe. But they the band you've been hearing me talk about. Me and the boys are going to be joining them on December 11th, Columbia, Tennessee at the Mule House in beautiful downtown Columbia, Tennessee. If you're anywhere close or if you're not close and you feel like road tripping, tickets available at themulehouse.com. And I promise you, it's a really great venue, um, all-ages show. It's going to be a good time. The Vagabonds. Go check them out, man. They, if you like Southern Rock, uh, they got a lot of albums. They are Road Warriors, great live band, great songwriters, and um, really dig those guys. Been knowing them for quite a while, several of the members, and uh, um, good folks, good folks. So looking forward to December 11th. 
And they told me, and they're like, hey, you can use, we give you permission to use some Vegabonds. So no Biloxi Blues this week, and I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Got me, got me juking and jiving this morning. Hope you're all doing well out there, you bunch of low-lifers. And if you're just joining this show for the first time, and you're like, what's a, what's a low-lifer? This man has insulted me. Well, that's what the faithful and loyal listeners of this here podcast refer to themselves as the low-lifers. So we appreciate each and every one of y'all for tuning in. Thanks for watching and commenting last week's Trey Swindle episode. That was uh, it was a lot of fun. The goal this fall and this fall, we're headed into the winter now, let's be honest. It's almost December. But the goal is to have more people here in the LBO Bar and Grill. It's tricky uh, between my schedule and a lot of, you know, people being very busy. But that is the goal. I want more people in that seat right there. It's a, it's a good time, man. It's a really good time for me. I think the conversations are a lot better, and uh, I enjoy it a heck of a lot more. So thanks for the support on that episode. Hope you all had a absolutely amazing Thanksgiving. I know we did. Lots to be thankful for. You know, um, this year's been crazy. Y'all been with me on this ride. It's been up and down, and and uh, it's always something different, I feel like, all the time. But uh Lots to be thankful for, man. We we got everybody together, my family, Marissa's family, uh, the triple threat, and uh, all the kids, and under one roof here at the uh, at the Duncan household for Thanksgiving, and that was uh, it was a good time. It was it was much needed, and uh, enjoyed it. Spent a lot of time in the woods with the boys. A lot to be thankful for there. Rider man got his first deer, and uh, made a great shot. Got him a doe. So we we're gonna be. We're going to be eating good here around the Duncan house, thanks to Ryder D finally getting it done, because I can't. I can't make it happen this year. I'm struggling, and uh, Hudson has, uh, has been having some of my luck, too. He's been seeing some really good deer and, and uh, hunting by himself for the first time this season, and he can't sell the deal either, so we are we are striking out. My eyes itching, man. I don't know. <laughs> I just share everything with you people, but my eyes, like, I don't know, something weird. Uh, if you're listening to this instead of watching, you didn't get to see me poke into my eye, just, you know, digging around in there. Uh, but really thankful uh, this year for everything and uh, and just spending time with family, man. I, I've been in the woods with the boys, been hanging with the crew, and we've been if, – if you like music at all, and I know a lot of you are really into music to listen to this – Go watch. It's long. It's hours and hours of footage. I think it's like nine hours total that they've put together. Peter Jackson put together. It's on Disney Plus, but the Beatles documentary, Get Back. If you like music at all, it is very, very, very cool. And it's uh it's very interesting. It's it's going into their last album when they were like tensions were high and they hadn't played live in three years. Really, really interesting. So really good holiday watch. Go watch it. You know, you're sitting around the house, it's cold, fish aren't biting. Uh, in some places because y'all's water's frozen up or whatever. So, yeah, check it out. But uh, really good Thanksgiving around here. Hope each and every one of you had one as well. All right, something we are always thankful for here at LBL and the Traveling Circus are our sponsors and make all this possible each and every week. So we got to mention them. First and foremost, StarTron, the oldest, the OG sponsor, if you will, of Low Budget Live and Luke Duncan Fishing and Luke Duncan's Travel Circuit, all, all, all the craziness, the fine folks from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, have been helping me along the way, and StarTron will help you kick ethanol 
right in the teeth. Get it out of your weed ear. Get it out of your UTV. You're out there hunting right now. Maybe you're storing that bass boat, changing, swapping up a little bit to go into the woods, leaving the bass boat. Protect your investment. Drop some star trying a little dabble, do you? In the tank, in that bass boat, if you're going to store it longer than three weeks, think about that before you store it. Protect your investment. Kick that ethanol in the teeth. Ethanol will absolutely gum up the works. No bueno. You don't want that. So Startron will help you out. Weed eaters, chainsaws, lawnmowers. Thank God my lawnmower will be stored for several more months. Right there. Little dab will do you. Little dab will do you. Don't buy ethanol free. Yeah, you ain't got to do all that. Startron. Startron. You shake the bottle. You go get some of it. Tag me up. A lot of y'all been doing that. This bottle treats 256 gallons right there. Startron. Feel like I need some kind of laser beam. Startron. Something cool like that. I don't know. Y'all listening out there, Corey, Starbright, Startron, give me some sound effects. Bigger budget. Like Lil Trey said, medium budget. We need bigger budget live next year. Bigger budget live for sound effects. <laughs> oh, me. Sims Fishing Products, makers of quality outdoor gear like the Pro Dry Rain Suits like the Solar Flex hoodies that are going to be packed away for a while now that it's colder than I don't know what at my house. But we're going to be wearing them Sims, man, them hooded flannels. <whistles> That's the move. I gotten on this flannel, hooded flannel jacket program, a little fleece lined inside, man. That's the move. That's the move. But they got all the gear to keep you warm right now and the gear to keep you cool and protected from the sun if you're lucky enough to be, maybe, maybe you're dipping out to go to the Bahamas. Maybe you're one of them. Maybe you, you're one of the lucky ones that gets to dip out and go, go spend the holiday somewhere else. Get you a, I mean, gaggle. Yeah, you like that? A gaggle of Sims clothing, simsfishing.com. And remember, you get one life fish, it will. Pro Guide Batteries. We appreciate Pro Guide powering up the Express X21 and bringing you LBL this year, 2021. You can get yourself some of those Pro Guide lithiums if you use code LBL10 at checkout at ProGuideBatteries.com. I appreciate each and every one of you that do that. It uh, certainly helps the show, and and uh, you know it's going to help you in the long run because you ain't going to have any battery issues. I have uh, really enjoyed running the Pro Guides this year. Look forward to it for many years to come. And last but not least, hang that freaking banner right there, baby. It's like a championship banner. Hang it right there. Express Boats, the official boat. Low Budget Live in the Traveling Circus, the X-21, powered by the 250 Yamaha Show. With the sea deck. With the garments. With the power poles. Get it all in there. We will. We will. Absolutely love the boat. Unfortunately, it's sitting idle right now because we're in hunting mode, like I said. Got to start trying in the tank. And I uh, look forward to getting it out. I actually, so this winter, um, because of the craziness, you know, normally uh, all, all fishermen I feel like that you follow along with, everybody kind of tends to upgrade, which is a funny word to use when you're talking about brand new boats. Um, and my boat's 10 months old. But in the fall, I typically sell my boats and you get ready for the next year. But um, due to just insanity, unprecedented times in the marine industry, I'm waiting. I'm going to wait until the spring 
Um, I do have a boat on order, but I'm probably not going to take that boat until probably not going to get it till the summer. So I'm going to be selling my X21 next spring. So pay attention if you are, you know, looking for a, a, a used express boat, a little over a year old with some warranty on the motor, that'll be next spring. But for the first time in a very long time, I'm going to have my bass boat here during the winter. So I'm going to do some winter fishing, get this deer hunting out of my system. I'm going to be going and, uh, taking the X-21 out in the cold. I normally don't fish a lot because I never have a boat. I'm always in between boats between, you know, December and uh, January especially. I'm, I'm always out of a boat, but this year it's going to be locked and loaded. So um, looking forward to getting the X-21 out in the cold, going live scoping some big ones, hopefully. Some big brown fish, I hope. Uh, but we appreciate each and every sponsor of LBL. All right. All right. Got a good guest today. Really good guest. Looking forward to uh, speaking with, and and uh, we will get there first. I gotta say congratulations to Logan Parks and Tucker Smith, them Auburn boys, them Auburn boys. Uh, they won a million dollars. They won a million dollars in that Bass Pro Shops tournament out there. It's crazy to think about a half million each boat and truck each. Uh, all of a sudden, they're the most popular kids on campus. You know, look at us now. Look at us now, at fishermen. When I was in high school, when I was in college, and it was like, oh, what's up, nerd? What's up, fishing nerd? Now you come rolling in. You come rolling in with that half million? Man, all of a sudden it's like, Bo Nix who? Down in Auburn? What? Get out of here. The boys are here. Uh, very cool to see uh, those young dudes take that home. And uh, really cool trophies. Really cool event overall. You know, it's, uh, I, I, I was critical of it. When it first started, and it's still, there's there's a lot about that deal. Um, it's just funny to me, the, the the word amateur being thrown around is is very funny because guys like Logan and Tucker, maybe not pros, quote, on their resume. These guys fish a lot. They're great fishermen. Um, there were a ton of great fishermen in the overall 350-boat field. But uh, Bass Pro and Johnny Morris, they throw a, throw a uh, shindig. I've been to several uh, events out there that have been hosted by them, and it's always a show. It's always a show. There's no doubt about that. And and this was uh, certainly no exception there. Shout out to uh, Little Saxton Long and Austin Clanton from my hometown. Man, they were they were in third place after two days. They ended up seventh on that final day, and and uh, really thought they had a had an opportunity to win them a cool million. Um, good fishermen and good dudes there from my hometown. And uh, you know, I, I think. <laughs> that this event, you know, we'll see where it goes in the future, man. That's a lot of money. Of course, Johnny has it, and Bass Pro Shop certainly, you know, they spend more than they spent on this deal, sponsored NASCAR, you know, one race probably. But I got to think they threw a lot of money at this deal, and uh, you know, and and it's a it's all all for show, and it's all for um, you know under the thing of uh, the guys of. Uh, supporting the people that buy their boat brands. So when you own all the boat brands, I think this where this could have a negative impact. This is just my take where it could have a negative impact down the road is if these tournaments are bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I think this puts the squeeze on Bassmaster, on MLF, uh, the other tournament trails that Bass Pro Shop sponsors because why do you sponsor something else? If you can just have your own event that everybody supports, and and you need that 
marketing, you know, budget to go towards that. So I think, you know, maybe that won't happen. I, I hope not. But, you know, Bass Pro Shop's obviously very involved in a lot of tournament trails from BPT to the Bassmaster Opens to the Elites, um, sponsoring a lot of pros. So be interesting to see how it all, uh, how it all shakes out. Um, because I have heard that they are definitely doing it again next year. And Johnny's not going to not give away another million dollars. I was like, it's just never going to happen. He's, uh, he certainly likes to be the, uh, the star of the show. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, speaking of show, I tried to watch the two hour, um, pulling for my boys, Saxton and Austin. I was watching Laker Howe, Randy's son made the final day there. And I was trying to watch it and keep up a little bit. And, uh, and, uh, it was just terrible. Like it was, it was 30 seconds of guys catching a fish and then 15 minutes of how great Johnny is. <laughs> it was just two hours of Johnny Morris is one of the greatest humans to ever walk the face of the earth. It, it was just, um, like, man, it was, it was obnoxious. And when you're buying airtime, I guess you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Do I think it's awesome the entire event? Absolutely. But I do wish that the guys that actually made it to the final day would have been showcased more than they were. I bet Logan and Tucker don't care about that (laughs) because they got stacks of cash and that's fine. But I was real frustrated because I really did. I wanted to watch them. I wanted to watch how they, you know, figured out Table Rock. And it was none of, it just wasn't that. Um, Out of two hours, if they showed 20 minutes of fishing, I would be really, 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 really surprised. Really surprised. I thought Rob Newell and Lurch did a great job with it. Saw my buddy Travis Moran on there. I thought they did a great job. I just thought um, the overall fact that it was just a two-hour commercial, which is why they had the tournament. I understand how marketing works. It was just, for me, from a viewer standpoint, I just, I didn't like it. My wife was sitting on the couch. Who knows nothing? You know, the triple threat, she's out on all this stuff. And uh, she's like, Holy crap <laughs> Because it was just After a certain point It was like How many times Can you say Book Cedar Lodge Or uh, Then Johnny Got his start Then Johnny Donated this Then Johnny Did that This is all it's about This is all it's about And that's fine uh, But it was just Kind of funny uh, After a while and I, and, and I thought Well am I just Too close to the situation Being in this This world that I think this is obnoxious, and Marissa's just like looking at me like, is this is this serious? Because she was sitting on the couch trying to see some folks that we know fishing too, and she's like, there's no fishing. <laughs> it was just, it was crazy, man. But uh, I think everybody that was there really had a good time. Obviously, I've seen a lot of posts, and uh, like I said, there's all, no, no show like a uh, Bass Pro Shop show. And those properties out there are beautiful, and it's... Uh, it's very, very. Uh, it's neat. I've been out there several times. It's, it's a definitely experience. But I thought the show was eh, lacking, to say the least. To say the least. All right. One quick thing before we jump into this guest appearance right here. Uh oh. Got a. Uh, got a text. Hang on. We got a delay. Got a delay from our guest. I said. 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes. So more rambling. This is one that uh, I was fixing to just rush, rush through right here. But now we can, we can just do whatever we want, guys. We can do whatever we want. Uh, Cox Watch. I had several comments last week. Cox Watch. 
the old Elite Series roster came out, and John Cox, Cox Watch. This is our last Cox Watch of 2021. Pour some liquor out. My man was a juggernaut. He freaking fished all over the country. Fish PPT, the pro circuit, probably in a bass club, some Tuesday nighters, and he fished the Elite Series. DQ'd from one of the Elite Steel, made the classic of Lake Hartwell. One of my favorites going in to win that Lake Hartwell Classic. That's at a dangerous time of year for him, in my opinion. But uh, on the Elite Series roster, brings up a lot of questions. A lot of folks have. I haven't talked to John about this. I've talked to John a lot lately, but we haven't talked about this. Um, I don't think he'll be doing BPT next year. I think that's obvious. And if, if that's been announced anywhere, I'm, I'm sorry. Probably has been. Uh, I've been in a deer stand. Uh, but I think it's fair to say he's not going to be fishing BPT. I think he'll fish the pro circuit, and I think he will fish the elite series. It's just too much, man. And I think that John definitely, he did well in the BPT format at times. Really, really, really good. But I think that uh, the five-fish deal suits him. I think he's got some other reasons for fishing the pro circuit that I won't announce here. He's got some, maybe some um, some buddies that might be fishing. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I just think overall it's just too much. It's just too much for anybody to try to pull that off. And he was he certainly did it. Somehow only had the one kind of hang up, and it was the uh, the DQ that we talked about on here and. And some people liked us talking about it, and some people didn't. Imagine that. But uh, whenever he fished the BPT at St. Lawrence and then was DQ'd from the Elite Series, still able to make that classic. He got in, man. So uh, I just think I still, as long as the classic is the classic, I just think, man, if you can be on the Elites when you're at that level, if you have that opportunity, I think you got to do it. I think you got to do it. And I think John... John's right there because it is so hard. We say this every single week. I feel like this is just a broken record, but it is so hard to get back. It just is. Now, a guy like John would probably make it look easy and just waltz right back through the opens, I'm sure, but it's not easy, man. It's not easy. So I think when you're there, you got to absolutely seize it, and you gotta you got to stay there. And I think that uh, – he was, and I said this on his podcast, for me, Bass, I didn't agree with the DQ just because I feel like, I don't know. I just felt like there were different ways to handle that. He knew the rules going in, granted. Uh, I think it was portrayed to him that it would be okay or maybe John misunderstood or whatever, but it's water water under the bridge now. But I said at the time, I think Bass needs John Cox, and I do. I, I, I really do. He's just a great guy and uh, obviously an amazing angler, and uh, I, I'm glad to see that he's going to he's gonna stick with the elites. Um, and if he had to drop something, it was BPT. I, I think that, you know, um, it's just too hard, man. <laughs> it's just too hard fishing all those. And I think there are conflicts on BPT and elites and – uh, had he not made the classic, would his decision have been different? Maybe, maybe. But I just think that uh, fishing the classic and all that, obviously BPT conflicts with the classic this year, um, which I think is 
a really dumb move, but whatever. And John would, wouldn't have been able to compete in the Classic, and I just think you always are going to pick the Classic. In the sport of bass fishing, professional bass fishing, you're always going to go to the Classic. Always going to pick the Classic over just a regular event. I think you um, you have to. You absolutely have to. So uh, that means BPT will be calling somebody up. I don't know how that process works because I don't understand how any of the process works when it comes to qualification. We've talked about that to death. I'm not real sure who gets that call now to call up and and um, and go to BPT to take that spot. Um, of course, unfortunately, with uh, Aaron Martin's passing, there'll be two spots now with John and then Aaron. Um, so not sure. Not sure who we'll see. Uh, you could probably figure it out by looking at the points list, but like I said, I don't understand. Uh how that's going to work out So there'll be a couple of pro circuit guys Obviously get that phone call To go on up to BPT Still not sure on entry fees Haven't haven't heard um, what, what the entry fee Plan is BPT wise You know they started with no entry fees Then they went entry fees But I've heard that they're going to be reduced to some degree But they're letting the anglers vote on it I'm not sure Get a lot of DMs, a lot of questions, comments on that all the time Guys, I don't know I don't know on that um, might reach out, but I think they will be paying though. I think, I think that it's uh, from what I've heard, I think they're definitely going to be paying. Definitely. So you're going to have a lot of those guys fishing pro circuit paying five grand an event or whatever it is, 5,800 now because they raised those pro circuit entry fees by 800 and something bucks took some out of the payout. Not real sure about that deal, but uh they did that, and then uh, so some guys are going to be fishing both. I think you got Jordan Lee's going to be fishing the pro circuit next year, mixing it up with the pro circuit and BPT. So uh, I, I don't know, man. There's just there's lots of moving and shaking going on, just like there is every off season. I think for me though, I, I get a lot of man. Do you think a lot of guys are leaving BPT? I don't. I don't. I think that uh, I think at the first of this year, the potential was there for that to happen, and then I think they ironed some things out for some guys. And some of the folks that I know that were upset and were going to, you know, try to leave, they're staying. They're definitely fishing. And, again, it all comes back to what are you going to do when that's how you make your living. And a lot of, a lot of fans are passionate about this that don't like MLF or whatever. They think these guys can just walk away. But, man, it's just – it's not – you're just not going to waltz back into the elites. And if you can't, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Just go fish the opens, man? It's, it's a risky, risky, risky move when you've got – I mean, we saw with Prosnick. That's why I think I titled the episode with Prosnick. He risked it all for the Bassmasters because he did. He didn't have that Legends exemption. He couldn't just walk back in, and he qualified. And, man, risky, risky, risky move. You saw that with Hackney. Uh, of course, Hackney still had the option. He didn't walk away from BPT, but still you saw it with Hackney. You saw it with Christie. But freaking uh, Peroznik definitely put it out there. So guys could. I think you'll see some BPT guys in the elite, uh, excuse me, in the opens from what I'm hearing. A few are going to fish. But uh, I don't know, man. I think if you're there and you're, you're kind of on level footing and you've got that platform and, and it's certainly, you know, you're fishing for big money against big names, I, I don't see a lot of them risking it to go to the opens. I mean, I, I, just, I just don't, unless their sponsors say they need to. But I just don't think that'll be the case. Uh, speaking of the opens, full, 
full, full, full, full. Again, three freaking divisions, full. So much pissing and moaning about the schedule <laughs> from so many people online that probably would never fish one anyways. But so many people were, man, full, full. Say it with me. Full again, full again. For anybody that wants changes in the up, people are like, man, they don't pay. Man, they don't do this. Man, they don't do that. Full, full, full. A friend of mine, I got in the, the Southerns barely, barely, uh, got in at 9.25 the first day and barely got in, barely, out of 2.50. And a friend of mine entered the next day and got an email. He's 137th. Say that with me, kids. 137th on the waiting list in the Southerns. <laughs> so, again, quick math. And I went to county school, so don't crucify me on this. 250 in the event, okay, 250 in the event, he's 137 on the waiting list. That's almost 400 people that signed up to fish the Bassmaster Southern Opens. And there probably is over 400. Last year, I think it went into the hunt, like in the centrals, I had buddies that were like 150 and 160 on the waiting list at Pickwick. So I think it... I'd love to see those numbers. They would never release those, I'm sure, but that's just from, you know, talking to folks. But holy crap, 400 anglers trying to sign up, man. That's the power of the Bassmaster Classic, in my opinion, because most guys are like me. I'm not trying to get to the elites, but I do enjoy – I love the Opens this year. I had a great time. It's the first time fishing in a long time. Really looking forward to fishing them again next year. And on the chance that you have this great week and you were to beat these guys, you go to the freaking classic. You got to fish all three, but you go to the classic. So I think it's just that carrot, man. Because uh, I, I think out of 400 and something folks signing up, most of them don't, I won't say most, but like there's probably less than half that want to fish at that next level, I would say. Um, the number I would like to see is how many sign up for all three divisions. You know, how many How many are we going to have? That, and, and we'll be able to figure that out shortly, but I, I'd like to see that number. How many sign up for all three divisions? Totally insane to me. Um, all right, that uh, rambling segment was brought to you by Caffeine. This is a Bay by Boost drink here, and uh, it's got, uh, it says right here, plant-based energy, uh, enough caffeine. Let's see. As much caffeine as a cup of coffee, and I believe it right now because I'm I'm all over the place. I probably said something that'll get me in trouble. I'm sure everybody picks this apart. All right, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, my guest today has been on here before. We stirred up some folks, especially some mom's basement dwellers, some little little trolls, really um, kind of. Just lit her up, to be honest. And uh, she is a an amazing person. She's an amazing angler. She's one of the hardest workers in the entire fishing industry, in my opinion. She goes by Midwest Fisher Gal there on the IG. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all angel, ages, angels, angels. Let's get her on the phone. The champ. 
What's up, buddy? Christine Fisher, what's Hello. up? How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? How was Thanksgiving? It was great. It was uh, it was really good. My kids were like, hey, Dad, why can't you get a kayak and win 35000 So I really <laughs> appreciate the pressure. <laughs> oh, man. You really, you set the bar really high. They're seeing all these posts, these cool fish trophies, and they're like, hey, Dad, why don't you have one of those? I'm like, oh, well, I'm not as good as Christine. Well, I mean, you could be. You get the the invitation's always on the table for you to get in the kayak and see what this is all about. Hey, I I, I really I, I watch I watch your videos. I watch uh, a lot of like Ryan Lambert. I see I see these guys, all you guys out there doing this, and uh, it it's mind blowing to me. And I think we talked about this the first time you came on. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the overall strategy that goes into this, because and I think when we talked the first time on here, it's like. Yeah, you don't have that option of, well, let's crank this 250 and run another 60 miles because it's not going down here. And you have to just get in an area and dig in. Mm-hmm. At you well, fu- you really get to see that, that, that area's full potential, like that little flat um, on Pickwick. You yes. Know, like that whole area. Like I was able to manage those fish. It kept reloading. And, it, and like bass boats would come and hit it and leave. And then I'd catch like a freaking four, four and a half pound smallmouth. So, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, so at Eufaula, was that your winning area? Was it just basically one area? Did you have to move around a lot? Or when you found those fish? I had to move. Oh, you did? Had to keep moving. I actually did for Eufaula. um, Because it was three days, and Luke, that that lake was fishing, uh, like, unprecedentedly tough. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it was taken, there was a a local bass boat tournament there the weekend before our our three-day event. And there were, like, some legit hammers. A couple of the guides were fishing it. I think it took, like, 12 and a half, 13 pounds to win it. Wow. Um, it was fishing very tough. Bites were few and far between. And so I, you know, I found an area that I honestly probably could have milked a little harder had I, you know. But I'm, I'm thankful I did it the way I did. I fished all new water, um, all three of That's killer. That and that's yeah. that's a pro move. I, I think that yeah. I, I heard somebody say. Well, it was actually Trey Swindle last week on the show. He said, "There's one thing he's learned in the Bassmaster Opens is mm-hmm. you can't fish the same area twice because, yep. and just in all of them because of the pressure and things like that. And that is so hard to do it as is. a tournament you know angler. Yes, yeah, it really is to just it really is pull pull it up and and take off, man. I mean, and for you in those situations, because I I am a kayak. I'm I'm a dummy. I I enjoy kayak fishing, but I'm way too lazy. And I know you guys have these tricked out. You got live scope now. You're Miss Garmin. You got. I, I've seen your videos. But how far? So when you're talking, I'm going to make a move. When you go to move, how far are you going from where you launch your kayak? A lot of times, just depends on where you're at. It all depends. There. I mean, for me personally, I really like to look for that stuff that, you know, that I always talk about that, like overlooked water, that mm-hmm. bee water, the stuff that's a little tougher to get to. Um, so I sometimes I'll go, you know, if one way, four or five miles to get to an area. Wow. Uh, that's few and far between. I'd say the average is a couple miles. Um, but then during the TOC, I actually loaded up and relaunched three times on day two. So Jeez. I actually loaded my kayak up, drove, I was ramp hopping because I was just running a pattern rather, rather than mm-hmm. fishing spots. Like I knew what I was looking for at that point, And I had pre-fished enough to know certain areas that, that set up how I liked. And I just went and ran a pattern, um, ran my pattern that was working really well and just covered a ton of water. 
That's that's it's incredible to me. I, I like I say, I'm fascinated by what you guys are doing in in these kayak events. Now, in for the for the folks that listen, I'm keeping. I've started keeping up with this stuff, just like any other tournament trail. And you guys, of course, go by length, um, but you only get to weigh five, or excuse me, not weigh, but count five fish per day. Correct. Yes, and, correct, and, yeah. and it's all it's all catch and release, which I think is really cool as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just I, I'm I'm fascinated by this tournament of champions. Now, what what are the criteria? What's the criteria for getting to the tournament of champions? Is that a points based thing in the Hobie series? Yes, it is. Um, there's two ways to get there. So we have in the the, the angler of the year race in the Hobie series, I mean, there's hundreds of anglers that fish that series. Right. Um, hundreds of them. And so they took at each open, and there were eight or nine opens, I believe, they took the top three. And those events average about 135 anglers per open. So to get a top three, not super easy. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no. So it took the top three of that, and then – um, after those spots were filled, it took the top 20 in Angler of the Year, which is your best three events. Um, and okay. then plus the TOC goes into Angler of the Year. So, yeah, it, it's it's extremely difficult. I mean, so essentially it's the top 50 okay. in the series that fish this championship. And uh, like I told everybody, I mean, just qualifying for that Tournament of Champions in itself is a huge accomplishment just to qualify. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite literally like the best, like all of our best anglers, you know, some of the ex bass boat guys that did really well on the West coast that now fish kayak tournaments. They're, they're there. They're all there. I mean, you're fishing against the best in our sport. That That's awesome. And you had a third place finish at the TOC before, right? I did. Yeah. That was on, and, and out of Knoxville. Um, and I, yeah, God, I thought I was going to win that one. I would have bet my life on that one, <laughs> but yeah, I came up, I came up a little short on that one, but yeah, I, I got third in that one last year. So that was a huge thing. Mean, that was a, a huge accomplishment too. I was very proud of that. So with this win though, and I think that I read your post the night of, uh, it would have been day two, going into day mm-hmm. three, that if you won the event, you were going to win AOI. I think I said on the podcast, congrats to Angler of the Year, and I think that I announced that wrong. Somebody probably wants to stab me over that, and that's fine. <laughs> that's that's just that's just normal. Yeah. But you did not win AOI with the win, no. correct? Okay. Nope. And how did that shake uh, out? Because I think by your post, and I need to go back and look, but I thought that that's kind of where we were headed, is like if you won, yeah. you had it locked. I would. It, it would have. I had a very, very, very good shot uh, okay. of winning Angler Beer. Things had to, things would have had to, you know, get pretty wild for me not to, and they actually did get wild. Okay. The guy, <laughs> there was there was one guy that was actually, I think, four points ahead of me coming into the tournament. He was sitting in t- like eleventh, and I was sitting in twelfth in AOI coming in. Okay. And um, he was in the top ten, or in the, actually, he was in the top. Six going into day three is, and I was sitting in third. Um, in the last five minutes of day three, he caught a five and a half pounder <laughs> that cold like nine inches and ended up getting second. He, I mean, he thought the, the crazy thing was is the guy that the, you know the leaderboard showed Ron Champion in first place. Ron, when the leaderboard showed off, he was ahead by quite a bit. He was crying. I mean, he was tearing up at the ram, thinking he won. Oh when Jordan Marshall had that huge cold, he knew he jumped Ron by like three inches. 
Christine, I think I lost you. Hey there. I got good service. Yeah. No, I got yeah, it just went silent for a second. I got you back there oh. now. Okay. So, so, Jor- yeah, so Jordan he, knew he had thought, had jumped Ron. Yeah. yeah, so he thought he won the TOC. I mean he was convinced that he won it, so that was pretty emotional for him. Well, it actually put Jordan in second. And I had to beat Jordan by two spots to win AOI. <laughs> and so he jumped. He would have ended up in like seventh or eighth overall in the TOC, but he jumped all the way up to second. So Unbelievable. So yeah. he finishes third, your AOI, and and yep. the champ. And yep. the and yep. the tournament of champions. That's, uh, yeah. that's insane. But you know what? I bet uh, that $35,000... Uh, check. <laughs> that, that was okay, right? <laughs> it was, yeah. And I got another 3K for second place Angler of the Year plus a Hobie World spot. <laughs> so, I mean, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Angler of the Year is just, in all, and if I'm being totally honest, though, I think winning Angler of the Year over winning, like, say, like the Bassmaster Classic, I think what Seth Fighter did um, is, is is way more badass than winning a Classic. Maybe I mean, percent. Because it, you know what I mean? I'm just, that Angler of the Year thing is so much more prestigious, in my opinion, than uh, winning a champion. Well, you champion, just, so. yeah, it's cliche to say at this point, but you have to freaking catch them at every event oh, yeah. or nobody Have even can see. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I said that on MPFL this year. I, our schedule was so diverse. Everywhere we went for six events, I'm like, I, I kept telling Fat Cat, I'm like, the guy that wins AOI in this thing is going to freaking earn it because you're at Pickwick mm-hmm. in July when it's just miserable, hot, and, and oh, tough, yeah. and you're in Florida. You know, right, Patman Lake that most of these guys hadn't been to. We went to a lot of of, of really different places, to be honest, yeah, at different that. times of the year. And and I said that I'm like, man, the guy, and it's and it's no different on the elites, BPT, wherever, pro circuit, kayak, tra- wherever. If you win your bass club, if you win your points, you've earned it because you have to catch them consistently. And I'll say this: when I was growing up, my dad and I were actually talking about this this weekend. When I was growing up, we used to, and I think this was a Guido Hibden um, legendary Guido. quote back in the day, yeah. Big Guido. Uh, <laughs> but he said, but Guido said, uh, if you catch 10 pounds a day in five fish format, if you catch 10 pounds a day every day of your tournament career, you'll win every angler of the year ever. And in the 90s, that was probably true. Now, I think that that average weight, and I, I would love to see this from, like, the elites, like Seth's there. I think the average is, like, 17 pounds now. I think it <laughs> really? is. Really? It's got to be. unreal. Yeah, it's got to be. And it's, that's thanks to the advancement of electronics. No doubt. You know, like Garmin and forward facing no so and all these things. You know, those, the, the fish that were once almost uncatchable are are catchable now. Yeah, they, they don't get up there in those zones where we always think they do, right? Or where mm-hmm. we thought where, where we thought yeah. for years, oh, well, they're on this transition and they're doing this and they're doing that. No, sometimes they just get out there in the middle and get away from us. But yeah. now we can track those fish down. Um, so I've got, I've got a really important uh, question for you, and this is more important than anything I'm ever going to ask you. Are the Turnpike Troubadours going to get back together? I knew it. I knew you were that. I knew that was the question. I almost stopped. It's really it the said. only reason I had you on this week is because uh, I saw the rumor flying around. Well, I mean, I'm, that, your I, tournament, I, that's didn't cool. I text you that? <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I texted you as soon as I saw it, and I was like, Luke, what's yeah, this? Uh, I had, uh, I had several, several buddies of mine sent me that, and they're like, what do you think? Because apparently their website says something kind of menacing, yeah, like it could be coming back. That's exactly, yeah. I, everyone said, go over the website. Because at first, when I started getting people texting that to me, <laughs> I was like, stop teasing me. This is such a terrible, it's not yeah. even fools. Like, 
leave me alone. <laughs> this is a really sore subject. Well, I went to the website, and sure enough, I mean, it's alluding to the fact that there might be a turnpike troubadour's like resurgence. I th- I think that uh, listen, anybody that keeps up with music, and and I, and so many folks that listen to this do, and they love bands like Turnpike and and a lot of the Red Dirt stuff, and uh, they kind of get off the mainstream path, but. All music for years. Bands break up, man. They go through, man, people get on, people get, lose their minds a little bit. They might have to go to rehab, right? Like stuff happens, right? And they get back together. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying it happens. I've been watching the Beatles documentary, Get Back with My Kids on Disney+. Plus. My, my boys are obsessed with the Beatles, and uh, which makes me a really, uh, I've, I have succeeded as a father, I feel like. But they, they love songwriting and and man, it just it happened even to the to the greats, right? They they were mm-hmm. they didn't play live for years because they hated each other. I mean, there were so many things. So I think that we'll see those guys put it put it together. I just think there were some demons there. And uh and that happens, man. When you're in and out of every club every night, you know what I mean? And I, I just think that Evan is one of the greatest songwriters of my generation. And I think that uh people miss it, to say the least. So that's the end of the interview. Thanks for coming on. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was the only point. (laughs) The only reason. It's the only reason. Uh, Because this is one of the first things I noticed when I was I was uh, I was going to have you on the first time, and I'd gotten to know you a little bit, but I was going through social media. I'm like, wait a second. She fishes in a freaking turnback troubadours hat all the time. Now wait a second here. Like that. That's pretty cool. to say the least. So you you always got your tunes going. What was so tournament of champions week? What was the song going to launch the kayak like day three? What was did you have one? Is there one that sticks out to you that you're that you were rocking, or were you just going random playlists? I'm I'm so big into that random playlist. I am too. Um, I really am because I feel like, and the weird thing is, like Spotify actually ruined this for me because, or not Spotify. I'm sorry, Spotify Premium. Um, my friend got me a gift card to that. And when I had it, it's almost upsetting because it took away like the element of surprise mm-hmm. in the playlist. Cause I can't, if I want to hear a song now, I just go to it and I'm no, not like, right. super jacked up when it, when it pops up. Um, the one that was playing on day three, I, the, the, the Mercury was playing. I that okay. always gets me going. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. It's kind of a pick me up. Um, I do know that one, that one hit, hit. Um, I've been listening to Zach Bryan a little bit. Oh, I like lately. Zach. I do too. He's not, he's not like a get me going type of guy, but he kind of, I was in a very like calm and collected state of mind those three days. And so I wasn't, it, you know, I wasn't all jacked up or like running mm-hmm. on adrenaline or anything. It was, it was very odd. And I think that I can attribute that to how well I fished, which is kind of strange. Well, I think that, I think a lot of really great tournament fishermen, I've heard them say that on this show many times right there. I was just calm. I wasn't panicked, and I think that's the number one thing that gets us in trouble as tournament anglers is right there between the ears. When you start oh, yeah. to panic, that's that's when things. But that is a common theme on this show. I feel like from from the winners of a lot of events is well, I was just calm. You know, I got up the last morning; it was just good. And and I think that that is that is so key um, in this sport because. But it's so hard to maintain <laughs> it. Like, how is. do we? How do we take that calm and harness it? Because it's like one tournament, you feel that and you're in that that element. And then like the tournament before for me going into the, our other national championship on day one, I was a mess because I was in contention for AOI in that series as well. Yeah. And I completely spun out. 
you know, and was able to come back day two and day three and salvage a check, but I completely took myself out of AOI. Yeah. With I, my day one. I think the way you harness that is you just got to get the bites. And I know that sounds, that's easier said than done, but the events that I am the most, you know, in my over all the years fishing terms. What if you're not getting those bites until. That's what I'm saying. That's when I panic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's when I panic. And I think that's when everybody panics. I I will tell you what helped me with that more than anything though, is kind of always fighting, fighting the demons in a tournament day, regardless of how it's going was when I fished co-angler. And what did that for me, you never knew when you were going to have an opportunity as a co-angler, right? Because your, yeah. your, your, your partner could be, you year. learned it. <laughs> yeah, you, you drew out with prize there. I want to I talk about that too because yeah, you, gotta you, got to, that. you got to see him right there in qualifying mode out there at mm-hmm. Grand. But depending on how your, how your partner's fishing, you just never know when those opportunities to get a bite are going to come up. So I would really, and it took me a while um, but the most successful year I had fishing co, I think I checked like five out of six tournaments, won an event, made the Forcewood Cup uh, that year. But truly, it, it was a matter of patience because looking back now, this is what I try to tell my kids when we're fishing tournaments or anybody that reaches out, like, what's the number one thing? And I do, I think patience is huge because there were so many days where at one o'clock, I wouldn't have one. And had I just said well you know my partner sucks you know what i mean like there's so many you hear co-anglers say that a lot like well i didn't get a good draw and that is reality at times it is reality at times at times but it's you against the other co-anglers and you got to figure out a way to catch them out of the back of the boat regardless of the of the situation you're put in right like Mm -hmm. and and i would see like on day one at lake you fall in an event we had in like 15 i caught two with five minutes to go, a three pounder and a pound and a halfer. The next day, I, I end up finishing in like the top twenty because I caught a good back. But had I just been pissy <laughs> and said, "Well, this guy front ended me on these brush piles all day long," but when the opportunity came, I caught two fish. Didn't seem like it at the time. I was still mad when I got in. Like, well, I didn't catch a limit, didn't do my job. But the next day, I I come back at a great event, and that event alone taught me so much. And and I do. First day at Smith in the open was terrible for me. Catch one fish, had a fantastic practice, had been down there putting in the work, but I still wasn't frustrated, right? Even right Mm -hmm. up until the last, I wasn't because I thought, you know what, you just got to stick with it. But I think that is, that is, uh, that's the magic, that is the magic deal in tournament bass fishing is somehow, um, and like I said, right there at Smith Lake, well, it didn't work out for me, but my mindset wasn't bad, right? Like I'm, I'm proud of that as an angler that I don't let myself go down those rabbit holes. Now I will after an event. Don't get me wrong. I'll have some long drive home there, Midwest fisher. Right. <laughs> yeah. I can have with you. some very long drive home. <laughs> but, uh, but I think that that, that's the key is just always staying in it, but it's easier said than done for sure for most folks. But I, I see folks spin out constantly um on the water whether it's just buddies you know fishing and you get to putting it on them a little bit and you just watch yeah. them spiral whether it's fun fishing whether it's tournaments um but it's it's certainly um certainly the magic ingredient i think to all this but i got i do got to ask you that on the co-angler side i had that in my mm-hmm. notes here so you you only got to fish what two of the three i fished Central, two yeah Central that, that, uh, Smith, yep Sith was rescheduled smith Sith. Smith was rescheduled. Yeah. I couldn't make that. But I did fish Pickwick and then Grand Lake. And you had great draw. You had uh, the tournament winner 
At Pickwick. On uh, Pickwick, yep. Yeah. On for the first day. For the yeah, first my day. Second day. Yeah, when, second day wasn't not as good, but um, and then yeah, I had Brosnick on uh, for uh, Grand Lake on day one. Yeah, I'm I'm going through the photo gallery because I had to leave that event because of an emergency and uh, family deal and and yeah, I saw that. yeah just just oh, terrible, terrible deal. But I had I had yeah. to leave the event unfortunately, and I'm going through the gallery because I keep up. You know, I got to and. Uh, and Prosnick's one of my buddies, and I'm going through the photo gallery the first day, and I'm like, hey, I know her. She's right there having to stare at the back of his head while he throws a buzz bait all day. Uh, <laughs> but that's uh, a joy. So how yeah. how was that? Did you take anything away from that experience um, with Jacob? He's right there. Was he stressed trying to get it done, or or, or what what was that like? If he was, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a very intuitive person, so I read body language really well, I like to think. And I, I could tell that he was, um, there were some nerves there. Yeah. But he did, it was impressive that he, um, it was impressive how he managed and concealed them. And we went to this first spot that, damn it, it looks so juicy, especially <laughs> for a topwater, and he didn't get fit there. And, you know, he remained fairly calm <laughs> went to his second spot and started catching them pretty quick just like it was clockwork just like okay. he planned it and i think when you've got an angler like like jacob um who is so mechanically sound and so confident in his abilities you know um he had fish all over that lake yeah um, for sure so it was really neat to see somebody with his and i'm so happy that he qualified for the elites because after watching him fish like i fished with I, I have, I've had four of those guys now being a in two events. Um, I haven't seen anybody cast at docks the way he does. <laughs> He's something. Um, and yeah, and break down a dock. Trying to fish docks behind him was a nightmare. I'd, I'd rather, I would almost rather be a co-angler in anybody else's boat fishing Grand Lake than his. Wow. Um, just, just out for the fishing perspective, because he doesn't leave you anything he is so dang good and it was like inspiring to watch so i, I was freaking very proud of myself for getting three um, <laughs> and you, that's you huge get a lot of it's huge and yeah. that's the limit on the coat for those listening that's three is the limit for co-angers yep. in the opens and so and that and and on grand three 14 inches were hard to come by for a lot of people that week a lot of people but you know jacob had he he would make the same cast and he would he could skip uh and the crazy thing he was skipping a chunk too which is not super easy to no. do I, I watched how he was doing it though and it made a little more sense um and he was just so precise with his cast and he'd make the same cast several times before then and moving on to a different section i mean it took him like a pretty good amount of time to, to fish one dock wow you know what wow. i mean so seeing seeing him attack a dock that kind of taught me a lot and watching the way he would cast and where he would cast um, it's honestly very similar to how a lot of kayak anglers do it and what they look for on docks, which is kind of cool. Um, but definitely not easy fishing behind that dude. He's a freaking animal. What did you do to make an adjustment to – did you catch your limit off of docks that day or did you have to, you know, get off the bank a little bit? What did you do as a co-angler in that situation? We got a lot of co-anglers that listen to the show. I get a lot of co-angler questions. What did you do that day? So he was fishing a jig and a shaky head exclusively. Um, so I was fishing a weightless, either wacky or, or a, a Texas rig stick okay. bait, you know, just like the co-anglers creed. Um, and <laughs> I would, right. I would, yeah, I would try to, I, you know, I, I, a lot of times I had, you, you get, you have a very, very small window to make a cast and you better make sure it's a good mm-hmm. cast. And I just got fortunate that I, I'd, uh, he, he made a couple casts at one little piece of brush 
didn't get bit there. I skipped a, a Sanko way back in there, let it, I soaked it, you know, for the time that I got when he was fishing the front of the stock and got a fish off of it that okay. he had already fished. Um, so just fishing a little differently than he was, letting, you know, fishing something weightless, the fish a little more time to, to see it. Um, I did get bit on a boat ramp that he had fished, fishing just a little bit differently. And then my last cast, I skipped it under a dock um, that I, I'm not sure he... He might have made a couple casts there with the jig, but again, I was fishing a, that weightless, weightless stick bait and ended up um, catching my last one. But I, I just had those three. I think that that is, I mean, it's impressive to me um, just because the grand's so freaking tough that time mm-hmm. of year anyways. But fishing behind a guy like that who has all the pressure on his shoulders in that time and you're able to catch a limit, I think that is always I was very very proud very oh proud yeah that's, that. I, that's it's awesome and i think yeah. that uh for co-anglers listening the number one thing is don't do what, what the guy in the, unless they're catching one every single cast and it's like an open water grass bed situation yeah, and they're you know open water grass and yeah they're fishing a chatterbait and you're able to fan cast a chatterbait then yeah that makes absolutely sense. but when you're fishing docks or you're fishing fishing brush i mean it, it doesn't make sense to do the same thing if, if you're not if you're fishing behind them yep uh, you know you want to give those fish a different look and my day two guy um as soon he wasn't fishing docks but he had one little cove he went into and as soon as i saw him fishing i was like oh my god i'm gonna catch fish like immediately and i did i caught two fish on the first two docks wow and then we got then we got out of there just because he wasn't fishing it like Peroznik. Yeah. Um, he, wasn't he was fishing the edges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, and he was, he, he was just fishing the edges of the dock. He wasn't getting it up under him. Um, and so I caught fish under the first two docks we went to. And then we got out of there and it was the deep brush, you know, back seating type of thing, which is totally fine. The guy was right. great. Had, had a good conversation, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't get my third fish that day. Um, so I barely squeak out a check in that one. But, it, and that is a tough situation, but like I just said, you've got, whenever you get those opportunities as a co-angler, you mm-hmm. get, you got to capitalize on them, and that's yep. and that is how the consistent co anglers always always do it. Well, speaking yeah. of that, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, last time you were on, we uh, I don't know we caused a lot of trouble, <laughs> and I don't oh, want to do that today. We did, we did, and we didn't mean to, and and it was like blown out of proportion by people that should not have even been stirring the pot but they were and it was like what in the hell just happened like we we it had was a, a dang dumpster fire. it was for a couple days and i was like texting you and apologizing like listen i didn't think we were gonna get in trouble i had a great time talking to you uh but here we are uh, well that, the words were taken out of context for sure and then twisted a little bit that doesn't happen on the internet to- <laughs> if anyone would have just listened to what I said, nothing I said was was even remotely offensive. No, not at all. Uh, not in the least. But that being said, uh, you've been doing the co-winger thing, tournament of champions. What are your <laughs> plans for 2022 and beyond? Because you were talking when I had you on the first time, you're like, I mean, I think I can do it. I think I can get there. Um are you starting to get like now that you've been in the opens, you're as a co and you're looking around, you're kind of sizing things up. Mm-hmm. The success at your decision making is only getting better on the mm-hmm. kayak side. What are you what are you thinking? Are we gonna are we gonna see <laughs> you on a trolling motor? Are we gonna see you in the opens next year? What, what what's <sighs> what's what's next? You got that thirty-five thousand burning a hole in your pocket. Like, what are we doing? Mm, yeah, that's 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 been the famous question in a lot of these podcasts. <laughs> I, I'm sure. Couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I've had a lot of a lot of the elite guys and some of the MLF guys reach out and and kind of push me too to see what I'm doing. And I uh, first of all, I mean, it's just I, I'm grateful for the amount of support from all of you guys that you know, are encouraging me and trying to get me into the into the boat world of things. But <laughs> that, that, uh, don't you don't appreciate. you put this on me? Yeah. <laughs> You're um, doing it to yourself. I know, I know. Um, it, it's 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 really tough for me because. It's like on one side of it, I'm doing very well right where I am. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but I'm not the type of person that's content with, with, you know, you know, just doing really, really well where I am and not ever trying to reach any higher. Um, the whole thing for me and now seeing how the opens are kind of laid out and, and the competition is ridiculously Mm -hmm, tough, you know, and, and I love that. Um, I absolutely love that. Um, that, that challenge and just, just going in there and doing it. Um, it's just hard because in order for me to jump into the opens, I would want to spend, you know, a good six months strictly working and fishing and fishing some working mans in a bass boat. And in order to do that, I'd have to, to give up a lot of the kayak. Ah. So, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I fish 20 kayak tournaments a year and mix it in with a couple of opens. Um, you know, it's like, how can I make this? I'm trying to just figure out how to make this transition. I mean, and, and if I really, and you want to do both. You do, yeah, I get yeah, it. You I don't do. want to give I up this kayak it. world. Cause you, no, you're, because yeah, I, I get it. it. Yeah. I really do love it. It's, it's, it's done a lot for me. The sport's incredible. The people are good. Um, God, the, the, my overhead is so, I know what some of the guys, my friends, the fishy opens for years. I know what their bank accounts look like. No doubt. And I'm like, Gosh, I'm my overhead is. I'm actually getting ready to do a YouTube video on how much money kayak anglers make. That's awesome. And I've got this whole, and it's it, it's gonna freaking blow people's minds when they look at the money some kayak anglers are making, and then how how little our expenses are. No, no doubt. And and look, I want to say this because, like we mentioned at the first of this topic here, things get taken out of context. I am in no way saying. When you gonna get out of that kayak fishing and get into the real? You know what I'm saying. I don't want anybody no, to I, think because I, I mean, am. I have nothing but respect for what's going on in these kayak events. The the more I dig in, like I I'm I'm if I was confident that I could you know not fall out um, <laughs> and drown or something you know uh, uh, you know or not pass out from exhaustion trying to get to a spot. Uh, <laughs> I think that I would I would really enjoy it. But I, I just know you you are the kind of person, I feel like I, this is fair to say, that is conquer the world. And yeah, I feel like yeah. you are a hard worker and you want to get your message out there, which is, hey, work hard. It doesn't matter to a fish which gender you are, who you are, what rate. Like you are definitely that person. And I feel like you want to get that as, in front of as many people as possible in the fishing world. Right. I do. I now, do let me, feel let like me ask that. You that. Let me ask you this though. And this is what this is one of my holdups before getting into the quote unquote basketball world. Right now, as as it sits, uh, I don't feel like I have a job, and I mm-hmm. I love to fish between tournaments. What what am I doing the uh, very next day after? No I'm doubt. Fishing. You know what I mean? Like I love the sport so much, and it brings me so much joy. And I've heard, I and I've seen it happen to guys and girls actually that you know, are fishing the opens and it's, it's, it's so draining in every aspect that they start really not liking fishing. I get it. And been there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I've how, how, so how do you, 
how do you overcome that for some if, for somebody like me that's looking to get into this but is, has the fear of losing the love for the sport? Uh, for me, I'll just be completely honest. At the end of 2019, with all the business stuff going on with MLF mm-hmm. buying FLW and all that, well documented on here. Um, and and I and I had a off and on year to say the least. I had some good events, some bad events, but at the last one at Champlain, I was so mentally spent um, on 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 tournament fishing. And I had a lot going on business-wise with, with TH Marine and different things. And so I set it down for 2020. And within – and for me, fishing is an addiction, like you're saying. It always has been. Yep. Like yeah, without absolutely. tournaments, without this podcast, without YouTube, like I'm still going fishing. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go fishing as much as I can in life. Like that's just always me. If I'm next to the beach, I'm going fishing. If I'm next to a stream, I'm oh, there, are there trout in here? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm just like I Absolutely, like catching yeah. everything. Like it doesn't. I'm not just a bass fisherman. I'm just a fisherman, um, yep. and I've always been obsessed. But I will say that FLW, like it did that to me. It did that to me because then it gets to be more of a business, and you you know what I'm saying. Like so that is there's a careful balance there. But for me, 2020. When everything just kind of shut down, um, I don't know. I just got just obsessed again within like two months. Like took a break, but then I started fishing that winter, started fishing a little bit in the early spring. And then I fished more in 2020 than I had in a very long time. And where it got for me during those FLWs was I would I would work, 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 have an FLW. I would fish the FLW, come home, work, work, work. And I wouldn't fish when I was at home. Like, I wasn't fishing because I was having to do so much to go to those events, to be honest, and to make it all happen. Um, But taking that break for me just reignited it, and that's why this this year I was like, hey, I want to fish the Opens. It's three tournaments. They're spread out. I can feed that competitive. And for me, it's a family. Like, I love seeing everybody at the events. I love the process of practice. You know, you got the chance, obviously, if you have a great week to go to the Classic. But for me, that's kind of perfect. Um, but you have to be all in, I think, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think, and I, and I get that, that fear of, and I know I didn't answer your question by saying that, because for me, I think it's different for every person. You look at a guy like Jacob Wheeler. Jacob is obsessed with not only being the best, but he fishes every spare moment that he gets. It doesn't get to him. He is that yep. guy. He can pull that off. For me, I couldn't do it. I couldn't be Luke the tournament guy and Luke the always addicted to fishing guy. Like it was taking away from it for me mm-hmm. at that level. Um, but I think that you, you're somebody – I don't. I honestly do not think that it would become that for you, though. I just don't. I, I, I think that – Yeah, and I, I don't either. It just it, That is one thing that kind of um, concerns me a little, though, because I want to – Every free second I get, if I don't want to go fishing, there's a problem. I, I'm with that. I'm with that. And I am I am very much there again now uh, and got that way in 2020. And I'm I'm very proud of that. And, like, and that's what I try to say all the time with it. Listen, you take all this away that I do and, and the business side of it, like, I'm just going to go fishing. Like, me and my boys mm-hmm. are going to hook up to the boat or go stand on a creek bank or we're going to go to a pond or whatever. We're going to go fishing. And... Uh, and I'm, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I got that back because for, and that's just me, like I say, uh, and that has nothing to do with if I'd have won, if I had won six FLWs in a row in 2019, um, would that have changed my mind? I can't say that. You know what I mean? Of course it makes you be like, Oh, this is great. Oh my gosh. This is the most amazing thing ever. But at the same time, it's still, 
I wasn't fishing. Like I, I fished more when I was 19 than I did when I was on the FLW tour. That doesn't make sense, right? Like you need to yeah. always be on the water. And I was finding I was fishing less and less and less and less and less. And um, and focusing more for me, I got too caught up in like the business sponsor side of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I just, I did. And this is what I tell young kids, like, get obsessed with catching bass. Don't worry about all the other crap. The other crap it'll will come. It'll all fall into place. Yeah, yeah, it'll all fall into place. And and I was the opposite of that when I was fishing FLD. I, was, I had, I probably had, I was very fortunate to have sponsors that I was making money and, and a good bit of money, whether I was cashing checks or not. And people were like, oh, you suck. You're doing, you know, and I was like, well, I mean, it's okay. And I think that kind of takes away from the hunger of of wanting to be out there as much the as, best, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like it, when yeah. that security blanket is is not always a good thing. And I had that. Yeah, that's, so, a, good, that's a really good point. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a good thing. I think that the people that, that are out there that really, that scare me are the people that don't know what they don't know. You know what I yep. mean? And they don't, yep. and they're scratching by. I saw like a, a guy like Dustin Connell coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh, which now he's very successful. But I'm saying like, I remember that dude just going tournament to tournament to tournament to tournament to tournament, weekend after weekend after weekend in Alabama, winning, 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 backseat full of trophies, go to the next BFL, go to the next weekend series, go to whatever. Just fishing every, everything and anything they could yeah. they're hungry. Yeah, and those yeah. guys are dangerous. And I feel like you're the same way. You're saying, yeah. yeah, I put the kayak in the truck, and I'm going to try to catch a muskie. But you keep your <laughs> skills, like, rolling all the time, and that makes you very, very dangerous. So, I don't know. I, I think that is um, – and I see it in the comments, and we will on this episode. People say, yeah, man, I had to quit fishing tournaments. Just, just guys, hey, I was fishing team tournaments with my buddy, and I got burned out on fishing because of it, because it was just too much. It took yeah. away from the joy. I'm just a fisherman, and there's nothing wrong with that. We put so much emphasis on the competition side and all that, and obviously on this show, it's what we talk about a lot, but just love fishing. I think that is, as long as you love it, and, and I think to compete at the top level, you got to be obsessed. You do. You got to I mean, be obsessed. Lo- I mean, I love to compete. I mean, I think you do too. Like, I love I, it. I, yeah. I can't see myself. I'll always, I mean, I really do think I will always fish tournaments, you know, regardless yeah, for, of the me vessel. Too. Like, me too. I'm always going to fish tournaments. I freaking sure. love it. I'm, a, I'm addicted to that part of it too. I just want to make sure it never, I don't want to feel like it, it, it becomes a job, if that makes sense. For me, any bad finish is not because so and so beat me, it's always that I didn't figure it out. You, yeah, well, yeah, you beat yourself. Yeah, deal. yeah. I always, you know, I I pride myself on the puzzle, and like, there's no better feeling in fishing than when something starts clicking. And it's like you said, you follow, you're running your pattern, and you go, oh, mm-hmm. if I do this on these channel swing banks with this, you know what I'm I mean? Like, get yeah, yep. that. There's no and better, you know it. and it's just like that light bulb, light. Oh, it's it's a drug, it's a yep. drug, and I'm telling you, like. Yeah, and catching fit, you know, catching random big fit, that's cool. But for me, it's like, oh my God. Being dialed. Yes. You're really dialed. Yes. There is, that is like a drug. In a, it that's is. That's a perfect way to describe that. When you are so dialed that you, you can get on that lake and you know exactly what's going on. That yes. is a powerful, powerful feeling. It is. It is. And it's it's one that you can't explain to people that, that, you know. Don't, you, yeah. Yeah, I've got buddies that fish the same lake. Every time they go fishing all year, nothing wrong with it. But they don't pattern fish, right? They fish their they're, they're their, fishing a spot. That's right. They yeah. they a lot of our guys around here they fish below the tail race of the dam, and and it doesn't change a lot. They catch them on mm-hmm. the same rock piles, whatever. But I enjoy that. I would rather go catch twelve pounds tomorrow on Table Rock Lake 
fishing a pattern, then catch 25 on my home lake fishing the same rock pile fish my whole if that makes sense and people yeah, probably yeah. say you're crazy but i that is <laughs> that's my drug like if i roll up and go oh water temperature's 52 oh the shad are here the blah 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 this this time of year this should be going on and when it starts going on nothing feels better nothing feels yep better. i'm 100 yeah, with you that, on that that's that's awesome so basically uh i rambled about all of that you didn't tell me what you're doing in 2022 and uh did you see how i carefully talked about you just <laughs> you just avoided it and then i just took over and started rambling like i do on most shows um uh, so 2022 you're not doing anything you're retiring for kayak fishing and you're just gonna fun <laughs> fish that's what i got out of that <laughs> Yeah, I took up uh, crocheting. I, I think that's going to be a really good thing. It's going to be a big so business. Need, yep, if the wife needs a blanket or you okay. need like little hats. I'll tell things, Marissa for Christmas. How quick are like, you? Can you get it done in a couple weeks? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, my turnaround time you know, a couple couple. Are you on Etsy? Now. Is it bad that I know what an Etsy is? <laughs> yeah, I don't even think I know what Etsy is. It's some, so, yeah, my, it's my wife sends me Etsy stuff, okay? I, I've ordered customized gifts. Is that gifts. like a Pinterest? Is that what that uh, is? I actually think it's more like a marketplace to buy, like, custom mm-hmm. goods. So you probably need to learn about Etsy for your new crocheting company. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be a terrible, <laughs> terrible business owner. <laughs> you, don't, you don't even know. So, all right, one last thing. I'm going to go back to this. Are you going to fish any opens as a co or a pro? Any boat tournaments next year? Are you going to fish the, the Bassmaster kayak series schedule? Looks really cool. It's really spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, Hobie again. What What are you doing? Let's hear it right um, here. LBL. I'm doing, I am going to do all three of the, you know, Bassmaster, Hobie, and KBF, all three of the big kayak tournament trails. Um, I do, I am going to fish a handful of opens again as a co-angler okay. for next year. All right. And there is a possibility. Uh-huh. Um, are you familiar uh-huh. with the Texas team trip? I am indeed. It's a, it is, okay. it's vicious. That, very. And I love it. um, <laughs> it's like so the Alabama Bass Trail. They don't play. Yes. They don't oh, play. Oh, yeah. You, you want to go get your freaking get your teeth kicked. It's easy to fish. do. Yeah. Yep. It's easy yeah, to do. Fishing guys, uh, those Texas guys, the Texas hammers are just, you know. They're just white. Uh, unreal. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I have been... I have been wanting to fish that for a number of okay. years now. And I, I think that I might jump in that and fish a couple team tournaments, you know, where I can get up and, and run the front of the boat just to, to start. This transition is happening, Luke. Okay. Um, it I is can't happening. I can tell you when the, when the, <laughs> what the end goal is, but it's, there are things that are changing for next year. Awesome. Well, the end goal is the Bassmaster Classic. You said it here. You started up a hornet's nest, so you and better that, make it. Yeah, I know. I know. God. <laughs> you got to get and there at some point. Changed. If it's 20 years from now, I don't care. We're going to do a podcast where we're like, we told you, suckers. It was going to hey, happen. Hey, if I could be the female Rick Klon, that'd be an honor. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Really I'm a little behind him, I think, now, but I can, you know, I'm going to try to play catch up. I want to see a Rick Klon Midwest Fisher Girl collab kayak event. I want to see that. That would be epic. I, yeah, I, that would be an all-time like dream come true. I, Rick, Rick is one of those anglers that I've followed for a oh, long yeah. time and have just like, it's, you know, just like everybody else. I mean, oh, yeah. It's incredible. I have man. a crazy, crazy amount of respect for Yeah, him. he's he's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Well, other than that collab, we need the Luke Duncan in a kayak uh, try not to fall out uh, Midwest Fisher Girl. You said Fisher you were going to I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I no know. And so then you finish second on a spot that's close <laughs> to an area that I really know that I've never made a cast at. And I was like, yeah, I would have got my teeth kicked in for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. You were like, dude, I found this place. I'm going, 
I don't like you right now. This is incredible <laughs> that you, because I know, I know the gist of where it's at, but I'm like, seriously? Okay, right on. I'll, I learned something there. And that's mm-hmm. always what happens when events come to your home lake though, right? Like it does, yeah. people uncover things. And you certainly did. I was like, really? It's like, way to, way to kick butt. I'm texting you. are like, dude, you won't believe what I found. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I, I was, well, I was blown away how, how good, and nobody was fishing it. It was, it was so, so overlooked, but I think, because there's so much pressure on that lake and I, my, my so... normal winning spots down by the woods and there was 150,000 bass boats there. And I said, <laughs> screw this. We're going up in the river. I'm going to look for stuff that no one's touching. And, and that did. spot was magic. You it was did. straight up magic. It was, it was very impressive. I was like your map study, all the work you put in, yeah. whether it's social media, YouTube, the prep work for the tournaments, you deserve oh. it. I'm proud to know you. I text you that mm-hmm. after you won. I appreciate you coming on and uh, on a on a late Thanksgiving post Thanksgiving weekend, and uh, I, I appreciate you. And you know I'm pulling for you. I appreciate you too, buddy. Very, Thank very you. Much. It's always a pleasure. Awesome. Hey, I don't think we stirred up any hornet's nest today, so. Well, that, maybe Monday we, will be okay for you. I didn't think that we did last time either, and then the internet blew up. So at this point, I, I'm just not even. I feel like somebody's going to, they're probably going to take certain segments of the sections of this and just piece it together and, and make us look like, <laughs> Christine pull, Fisher pull. says, all women suck. Yeah. <laughs> women don't belong in the professional fishing scene. She's done with the kayak world forever. Moving on. <laughs> There'll be something that comes up. Yeah, I know. I can't wait. Oh, <laughs> uh, mate. Well, you have a uh, you have a lot more podcasts to do. I have no doubt, and uh, that's what happens when you're the champ. That's what I said this mm-hmm. week, and uh, I look forward to uh, running into you down the road next year. Absolutely. I'll probably see you at some of the open. I'm sure. See you soon. Thank you, Christine. Yep, thank you. Christine Fisher, everybody, right there. She is, uh, she's awesome, awesome, awesome angler and a hard worker. Make sure you're following her. Social media, second to none, man. Uh, I really feel like she's the hardest worker in in all fishing right now. I really do. I said that uh, earlier this year. She really, really, she's just a fish head. She is. She's obsessed. She fishes every spare moment that she gets in life. And, uh, and of course, and most of it out of a kayak. And it's, it's impressive, whether it's musky or bass. She really, uh, she's dialed, man. She's dialed. And I appreciate her giving us that time and just having a conversation. Appreciate each and every one of you for joining in here for Low Budget Live. Um, don't forget, I'm going to keep on saying this. I know a lot of you do not live in this area, but... If you are close, if you are close to Columbia, Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, it's just south of Nashville, if you want to come in, some of you low-lifers, it would be awesome to see you. We're going to try to do a ticket giveaway, I believe, um, maybe the week of the show and uh, through my social media and stuff. Get some folks down, but it would be fun to uh, to see some of you on December 11th. Tickets available at themulehouse.com. I'm going to take you out with... Uh, a song by the Vagabonds that I really dig. It's one of their older songs, but uh, it's called Shaky Hands. Very cool tune. And uh, be sure to hug your mama. We sure miss mine this uh, this Thanksgiving. This is two without her, and I am failing miserably at gathering up everybody and uh, <laughs> getting everybody in one place like she always did so well. But uh, hug your mama. Take you out with some Vagabonds. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you all next time.